0: has five personal assistants, two agents, three managers. I don't know what I, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna send an email to five people, see who answers me, and then somehow I was able to get her on my podcast today. She was the icon for Clubhouse, but before she was the icon, she was part of I mean the top tier of content creators on Clubhouse. She's been on HBO. You've done red carpet for E! Network. She has toured with Dane Cook. (laughs) I am awful at intros. I just want you to know that.
1: I I wasn't going to say it. You did. So thank you so much. But Oscar, I just want to say you forgot. I also did interview Oprah very quickly on Clubhouse. And I think that is my biggest credit to date.
0: That you interviewed Oprah?
1: Well, what happened was everyone else was frozen and I was the only person who could speak and we happened to be on stage together. And I said, Oprah, you are so powerful. You froze the app. And I've never been more nervous in my entire life. My phone was like a bar of soap in the shower, just like slipping out. of. I was sweating profusely. Like I was sweating through my shirt harder than when you bomb. (laughs)
0: yeah yeah. and we know how we know how that goes we know how that goes baby yeah Yeah. uh shout
1: out to phoenix arizona you know what you did to me yeah Yeah. (laughs) the reason i bombed was because a group of mormons was trying to fuck me during my set oh really like wouldn't stop talking to me throughout my set and there wasn't enough security to notice what was happening so they didn't escort them out of the venue wow yeah so i did fuck them but i also bombed right yeah
0: well, you you got something out of it. An STD. Yeah. You got fucked. Just...
1: In so many ways.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between, please welcome my guest for this week's episode of O Oscar, the absolutely fabulous, talented, and <laughs> like legit rising star, Leah Lamar.
1: Thank you. I love that you said, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, and forgot to add juice. So... <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> everybody in between, and the chosen people, Thank you. <laughs> please welcome Leah Lamar.
1: Oh, uh, Oscar. Oh my God. <laughs> Flash I had, title card. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Where's my cue card? There you go. Uh, also, real quick, I'm sorry that I did not put out an episode last week. I was very sick. Not COVID. It was uh, sinus infection. Ooh, that's I almost worse, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I met Leah on Clubhouse back in February of 2020. I joined one of her rooms. I somehow made her laugh. Thank God. And ever since then, it's been history. I've been on many of her stages when she's done her weekly comedy show. She did midnight roasts. She's done celebrity interviews. And I was so grateful to be a part of that in so many ways and then I hosted a room under her clubhouse club uh hot on the mic and I got to host Dick's Appointed, which at least week after week for a good three to four months would get at least about a thousand listeners on it
1: way more than that
0: yeah way least. a
1: thousand like at the same time yeah Overall, probably like 20,000. Yeah. It was would, such a popular room. as was popping.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It's just, it's like one of those things that it sucks that l- the app, it, now that everything's back open, people aren't using it that much. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a still a great app, but it was one of those where you notice that the more the world and the country opened, the less people were on it. And so you kind of just had to pivot. And so I decided to take, disappointed and make it a segment on my podcast
1: i mean genius if you ask me yeah (laughs) if you ask me you didn't ask but i would agree that it was genius
0: that's why she's here folks leah can i ask you something was like the pandemic your just starting point for everything in your life
1: let me just be real nothing was good for me before the pandemic and i hate that so many people had to die in order for me to thrive but I do also <laughs> acknowledge the fact that this is my
0: reality. Like, the pandemic... But you know what, though? You you definitely earned it. Like, you Thank fucking you. hustled. You Thank put you. in your time. You were on Clubhouse. You were pushing that. You were making yourself... You gave yourself a name, and then you just ran with it. And a lot of comics were able to benefit because of your really kind of hustle and turning Clubhouse into a great place for comedy. I mean... All the celebrities that were on it—Paris Hilton, Tiffany Haddish, Bill Burr—all these comics and all these entertainers came on Clubhouse, and somehow there was a uh, there was a way to be able to interact with them. And you introduced so many of the people to that. So you know, I think uh, Clubhouse owes you a great deal of gratitude for making it, it the app that it is today.
1: Thank you so much, Oscar. You're welcome. Wow. Was that
0: genuine enough? It felt really authentic. And now you can just relax. I've been working on my authenticity.
1: You're an amazing actor and I would cast you in anything.
0: Yeah. That's great because I have not been cast in anything. I was not even cast as a gay man number three in Billy Eichner's movie. I I I auditioned for gay man number three in bar scene. And all I had to do was stand against the wall. <laughs> and they were like, no, thank you.
1: Can I just be honest with you? There's so many hot gays in LA. And yeah, I, I, don't wanna, I, I, I don't want Yeah, that movie was shot here. I don't want to... Oh. Yeah. But thanks. So anyway, Oscar... Um- <laughs>
0: I want to get into the first part of O Oscar, and that is your background in comedy. So if you want to kind of give our listeners Mm. a little bit of why you started comedy, what made you do it?
1: Yeah. So I've been doing stand up six years and oof, sorry, I took my Invisalign out earlier and I'm I'm really learning that the lisp is still ever present. They say it stops after three weeks, but I'll tell you it. It stays with you for a year. Um, Wait,
0: I don't hear anything.
1: Really? Yeah. I feel my tongue moving against my teeth in a weird way. No.
0: As a gay man with a pronounced lisp a lot.
1: L-O-L. Okay, so back to me. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So I... This
0: is just going to turn into a Leah Lamar (laughs) masterclass on herself. And I'm just going to be like, all right, well, there went that. If
1: you want a step-by-step program on how to be Leah Lamar, listen to the O Oscar episode of The Leah Lamar Show. Okay, so... (laughs) <laughs> so I had been a s- dramatic actress for years mm-hmm. and I was in New York and you know really pounding the pavement and I was booking some commercials here and there I was doing some like light showroom modeling and this and that but I had booked one co-star on the pilot of How to Get Away with Murder the Shonda Rhyme show on ABC and I was like oh my god I'm gonna be so big in LA it's so easy like it was literally my first audition I just booked it yeah And I was like I'm going to LA with this credit And I And and right before I left LA This is so random My modeling agent By the way I obviously don't model anymore My modeling agent I thought you were supposed to Something like Oh my god Leah What? No Okay so <laughs> My modeling agent at the time I'm she-
0: done stroking your ego Literally give me five minutes of reprieve Thanks
1: I mean, someone has to. Do you know about my childhood? Yeah. Okay. So then my modeling agent was like, hey, I need you to bring this shirt to Joe Piscopo. So random. Ex-SNL cast member, Joe Piscopo. And Joe was like, I'm hosting tonight at the Gotham Comedy Club. Do you want to come and just hang out? And I was like, sure. So I go with Joe to Gotham. And I watch Harlan Williams just destroy on stage. And I remember thinking, like, he's the funniest person on planet Earth. Stand-up is so terrifying. I could never do that. Oh my God. You know, all these people are such stars. Wow. Cut to, I come to LA. I'm booking like a lot of commercials and some co-stars on TV shows. Like I booked Code Black on CBS, which is a one hour medical drama. Mm. And then, um, some other like little co-stars here and there, right? For people who don't know what that means, does not mean I'm co-starring in a show. It means I am, I have five lines or less. On yeah. A show. <laughs> it is the smallest credit you can have on a TV show. Right. I don't want you to think that this is more inflated than it is. It is a little credit, but it is still a credit. So then I come to L.A. and like after a year or so, like I'm not I'm getting all of these like series regular auditions, but you can't book them as a no name. Right. Uh, and it just doesn't happen. So it's like I'm getting all these auditions I actually can't book. And it's a weird catch-22 where you're excited to be seen as a main character right. and as a lead of a show. But they all, they're all they all offers. They all go to celebrities. And they wouldn't let me audition for things that were smaller, like co-stars or guest stars. Yeah. So I got trapped in this not-booking energy. Mm. And I met with a casting director. It was a friend, a referral from a friend who's a producer. And he set me up with this one casting director. And we chatted for about an hour. And at the end of the conversation... You know, she's laughing, she had a good time. She goes, I just want to let you know, you're more funny, less pretty. And I was like, oh my God, you think I'm funny? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I understood what she meant. That I'm, is the
0: most LA yeah. thing I have ever heard. But like, I, if that's not, it's a literally like, but, but no, I appreciated funny, her New York 30. honesty. Huh?
1: I appreciated her New York honesty because a lot of times people in L.A. will not say it to your face. No. And what she meant was you're not Zendaya. Like you're not a 19-year-old model. Right. So you're not going to be the young ingenue in any movie or TV show. Right. Like g- there are fewer attractive women in comedy and you can go, you can, your career will last longer if mm. you, if you move this angle. And she's like, yeah, you should be doing stand up. Interesting. So then I pivoted into, into stand-up, and, you know, I had done Groundlings. I had done UCB. I just didn't love it. And let me tell you, UCB in New York is, like, people come in with 10 years of experience ready to fucking smash it. Yeah. And everyone's trying to get on SNL and just move through. UCB in LA is, like, my commercial agent told me to take this class because it's good for my resume. And I was, like, I should not be the funniest person in this class because I'm not good at this. I'm literally bad. But you can't put two sentences together. So by default, I'm better than you. And thank you so much, I needed this for my ego. Um, But yeah, it it was, and it was a lot of like, there was a lot of tension between the students and the teachers because the teachers were so resentful of their students booking anything. God, oh that my God! awful. It was so awful. LA is, you know, it's a scene. Yeah. But moral of the story, I started doing stand-up immediately, and I was like, oh, this is such a natural fit for my personality. I didn't even realize that this was the art form that I wanted to do. Like, I started in musical theater, then I went to theater, then I went to TV film, then I went to stand-up. And I think that like in some weird world, I'll probably circle and cycle back through all of those at some point in my career. And I hope to, you know, I've done some off-Broadway shows and I love theater. Like that's where my heart is. Yeah. I can't dance, which is why musical theater just doesn't work for me. I've got like eight left feet. No, but I was very shy. I was timid. Were you? Yeah, I had really bad stage fright, and also I was always pushed away from the arts. And they put me into the sciences and math because I was really good at it, and there weren't enough women in science. So I was a biochem major in college. Like that's really.
0: I am loving that for you. Oof,
1: so bizarre. It was actually so crazy because when I was with Dane at the Wang Theater in Boston, yeah, I. Was pl- the Wing Theater is directly across the street from Tufts University Medical School, which is where I did breast cancer research as a 16 year old, and I was like, "This is closing the loop." I got kicked out of the lab for telling a joke. Are you serious? It wasn't a great joke, but I tried. <laughs> like we were doing late night uh, surgery on a rat that they they gave the tumor to the rat. It is a rat, and accidentally during the surgery, the tech sack to the rat. Sack is like the medical term for killed. Yeah. And but it's a sacrifice for the greater good, which is the medical profession, whatever, so they can sleep at night. And I was like, "Oof, guess we're going to be late for dinner." And she was like, "Get out. Get out." And she had one lazy eye, so I was like, "Is she talking to me or the person next to me?" But also like there was no person next to me. I just wanted to say she had a lazy eye. And then the joke is on her because I didn't have a security code. So I couldn't access any of the doors to get out. So I had to hit the fire alarm and I took the stairwell and I hit every fire alarm on the way out. And as I'm leaving the building, the alarms are blaring and I see all these fire trucks coming up to a non-burning building and all of these scientists thinking that their life's work is going up in flames. And (laughs) I'm like, if I can't do science, no one can. But yeah, so I, I, I quit science after that. (laughs)
0: i love that fucking story that is amazing all right we're gonna move on to the main portion of oh oscar and that is i get to ask my guests what their first gay experience was so leah lamar what was your first queer experience
1: So, oh God, so many good firsts. Um, <laughs> like, do I talk about the one from childhood or is that too dark? No, I think m- the first one that I can recall but don't remember is in college. We were literally in a closet. It's so on the nose. And we were making out and she touched my boobs. And uh, it was a friend from college. We were so blackout drunk and... I woke up and I wasn't wearing a shirt and I was like, what? And then I look over and there's a girl in my bed who's like a dear friend. And I was like, what? And she's like, I think we made out last night. And she had in high, high school, I guess, had many like lesbian threesomes. So she was kind of more right like she, I, I, I had no introduction essentially, right. and so um, I woke up and I was like, I guess I made out with a girl last night. <laughs> All right, you know, it's it's weird because I was like, now I'm a real artist, <laughs> but I truly have no recollection of it happening. Like I, I feel like I remember being pushed out of the door was so old it had slats.
0: Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, I love those. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like I remember my hand pushing the slats open and like just stumbling into bed and that's all I remember from it but you know I, I think um I would I would like definitely consider myself a, a ex bi curious person mm. and I'm not ever closed to anything mm. like, my door is always open mm. um, job opportunities uh, spots um, People who want to give you love. It. You're but, a hustler,
0: <laughs> Leo. My but, God.
1: But you know, it's like, oof, it's so boring being like pretty straight. But I would say, like, you know, I've there are a lot of beautiful women in the world. I'm not close to it. I went on a date with this girl in LA once, and I was like, I know I'm not gay because I'm getting off to the attention we're getting.
0: <laughs> well, that is pretty. <laughs> That is pretty gay. <laughs> I know. I just wasn't. I it was. It is like, very gay to get so off funny. on the attention. I was like, that so many getting. people are
1: looking at us because we're two girls. Oh my
0: god, I love this.
1: Jesus <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't for me. I was just if like, you were
0: Ugh. meant to be a star, I, I I don't I don't know, Leah.
1: No, for me, it's like what I realize is I need like a big hairy dude to rail me from behind till my eyeballs pop
0: out. Oh okay. Okay.
1: Can you relate to that? <laughs>
0: I've never had someone take me from behind, so I don't know. Um, yeah. You're a top? I'm a virgin back there.
1: No fucking way. Yeah. So am I. I'm a... Vir- <laughs> <laughs> I'm an anal virgin. I'm saving it for my husband. Really? Yeah. It's my mm-hmm. dowry. Yeah. Because I don't have anything else to offer.
0: I mean, I'm, you know, as a as a young 35-year-old, to not have experienced... A lot of people are shocked. A lot of gay men are shocked, actually.
1: So does your partner, how does your partner get off?
0: We do other things. We have a lot of fun. You know, it really is just finding the, we find a good balance of what we like. Yeah. You know, there's things that we do and. It's always fun, and I have a great time. And I just, you know, I, ugh, I'm i too, it's, t- it's so much back there, and you got to make sure you got to figure out what you want to eat, and you got to eat properly, and then sometimes you can't eat for two days, and it's just exhausting after a while. Wow. If
1: I knew that it included a diet plan, I would you be You didn't again. know that? No.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a good receiver, I'm you got to a- make sure the line is clear.
1: I'm we're <laughs> Babe, yeah. I, I'm more of an amber herd. <laughs> <laughs> I will shit on your bed. <laughs>
0: oh I wouldn't know God. because I am an
1: anal virgin. But I will tell you this: my favorite thing about going to school in the South was all these good Christian girls taking the ass, saying that they're saving themselves for their husband. Oh yeah, and they're like, "I'm still a virgin." I'm like, "Uh huh,
0: uh huh." And they're yeah. like,
1: you demon Jew, you've had regular sex. And I'm like, nah, I I'm so sorry, but we are the same. We both had sex. I don't know how to break the news to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, And actually, if you're going to be all Christian, I mean, let's be honest. Anal is a sin in the eye of the Lord. So. I mean, do you
1: think? Yeah. Do you think Jesus was like, I, I'm sacrificing myself so you could do it in the ass? Like, I'm pretty sure this is sex, honey. Like, no offense, but you're not a virgin anymore. This is penetration, babe. Yeah, Penny. Welcome to it. Penny. And this demon Jew, guess what? We don't believe in hell. So enjoy damnation. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Penny. We won't Uh, see you there. (laughs) Wait, so then you're, so with that experience, was there a part of you that, because you talked about it, Mm Mm-hmm. Where you said that you were open and you're kind of like not a closed person in that way. Yeah. After that experience, do you feel that you had kind of like an enlightening moment to understand other opportunities in terms of emotional and physical connection to people that weren't necessarily of your same gender?
1: So... I think what I realized is that I was just looking for someone to love and accept me Mm. and to feel safe around. Mm. And I was like, I wonder if this is gender specific or if it's not gender specific. And I think at the end of the day, like I said, I am an open person. And I have found someone that I'm like absolutely head over heels in love with. And he is the sweetest, most loving man ever, which you do not find in Los Angeles. Mm. I had yeah. literally had to import him. but yeah if it like if he and I didn't work out, it's like who's to say? I don't know. I mean I, I'm I think I think humans are all sapiosexuals whether or not people want to admit that and they find it's an annoying term just meaning like you're attracted to someone's brain right. So for me I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna close anything off. I've had a lot of friends switch teams you know, in the last like few years. And it's just, it's human connection.
0: I think it really is. I think it's also more acceptable now to be able to be open with yourself and who you want to be with and what brings you happiness. And I think at the end of the day, it's like whatever, whatever you want to do, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you be with whoever you want. And I think that's great. And I think I actually never heard that about someone wanting something in terms of, like, security. Mm. And I think that's big. In the in the inevitable end of who we become, there is a part of us that wants a security of someone to... I guess there is someone that... We, we want someone to make us feel secure and safe. And... Some people are open to it being whoever. And some people are just like, oh, no, it has to be a man. But in the end, it really doesn't matter.
1: It really doesn't. And I think
0: the not that this is a sad thing, but,
1: you know, in many talks with my therapist, it's like you should I think the ideal is to feel safe and secure in yourself and not need it from another person. Right. However, that being said. I think that when I talk about safety and security, I'm talking about also like non-judgmental sexual situations, yeah, where you feel completely open and safe and loved and respected, yeah. And you know, that is honestly pretty rare. Like for me to, I think you know, I've done lots of people have had sexual trauma and blah blah blah, and I'm one of them. And so it's kind of like if I can find someone who makes me feel comfortable being naked and intimate and You know that you're very vulnerable in that position. Yeah. So if I can find someone who makes me feel completely safe, like I will love you forever. Hmm. You know, and those are things I've been working through for a long time. Yeah. And you know, some of those heal, like those wounds, take a long time to heal.
0: Yeah, they do. And And, yeah, yeah.
1: and and you know, I also think that there's the the security in the sense that a lot of people in L.A. that I've noticed don't really want to hard commit. Mm. And if they do, there is still an uncertainty of you always feel like they're looking over your shoulder to see like, what's the better option? What's next? Yeah. Who's next? You know, there's so many gorgeous, talented people in L.A. It's, it's a rough dating scene. And a lot of the guys there never want to settle down. Or if they do, they do. when they're like 45. And you're like, am I going to be pushing two strollers by the time we have kids? And, you know, now yeah. I, I think um, it's nice to meet someone that makes you feel you're like on the same page with commitment. We're like, great. We're both in. And we have 100% interest in making this work and being together.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really important. I think finding someone that compliments you is really, really hard. And also for people like us, for people who are entertainers and people who are hustlers to really strive for a successful career, we have to be with people who understand that. And know that and won't get jealous. You need to find someone who is drawn to this creative outlet that you have because inevitably it's what's going to be there for you in the end. Oof. (laughs) Was that too much? No, it was so beautiful. I don't know. It was a truth bomb. Yeah. Leah, thanks so much for sharing your first queer experience. We're going to move on to the next segment, which is disappointed. Which... Hashtag, hashtag memories. Memories. Hashtag TBT. Hashtag throwback. Uh, Leah Lamar, That's would me. you like to share a disappointed story?
1: Ooh, would I ever? Okay, so this was my first year in college, and oof, I really want to say his name because it's so goofy, but it's like extremely Christian, southern, deeply southern name and we were attracted to each other and i thought he was like the opposite of every person i'd ever met cuz i was i lived in a jew bubble so everyone i met was like a brooding jew just like dark features you you get it like yeah. like, like me yeah. and with a beard and he was blonde hair blue eyes like the poster child for the aryan nation you know <laughs> if this was like 1942 we'd be on opposing sides of the wall and so I was like, Ooh, this is like forbidden fruit, you know? And he felt the same way. And he was like, you're the first Jew I ever met. Like, you know, a lot, of, that got a lot of that, a lot of like handshaking shaking and like, like wear your horns, like that sort of stuff. Okay. So fun. Oh my god, I loved it Did not love it. So we were dating for about two weeks and he was really sweet and so lovely. And then one night, um, he wanted to move really slowly sexually. Uh-huh. He was very Christian. And I was okay. like, no problem. Sure. And, so then we got into the bedroom and he took his pants off and he had a micropenis mm. that was, and I kid you not.
0: Smaller this than is, that? This was hard. Oh. Mm.
1: And the, the width and the length. Oh. And in my head, I was like, this is fine. He's such a lovely person. I can make this work. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's a problem when you can deep throat it. And it doesn't even touch your uvula.
0: Yeah. It's a problem when you can deep throat it and it's like and sucking not on a straw from Starbucks.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't even well up, you know? There were no tears. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to gag. It was. A, yeah. I didn't have to put on a show. Yeah. Like, oh, look at all the work oh, I'm oh doing. My oh, my God. Your dick is so big. How could I? Oh, can't even. Uh, whatever. So, <laughs> so. So I, I, you know, kind of tried to get him off, but he's like, you know, we did it for a little bit and, and he's like, stop, stop. I'm like, I'm like, okay. He was uncomfortable, obviously. I think that I was the first person who ever saw his dick. And I think because I was a Jew and maybe something was sexually experienced, which is hilarious because I had like just lost my virginity. Um, I think that he wanted to just see my reaction to his dick. So that he so that he knew how to proceed with other Christian girls. And he said after that, he was like, I want to be a virgin until marriage. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, I got to be honest with you. um, If my parents met you, they'd love you as a friend because you're Jewish. But if I introduced you as my partner, they'd hate you. They'd absolutely hate you. And I was like, no problem. I was really upset. It was fucking insane. I was like... This is anti-Semitism. You have a little dick and you just wanted to see how other girls... You were using me. You used me as an experiment to see how people would react to your little dick. And this is how we reacted. I was very kind. That's how I reacted. But you know what? Now I'm telling the truth. Your dick is little. And I saw that he got married to another, like, very nice Christian girl. And I wonder if she's just so upset because she never saw his dick before they got married.
0: Ooh.
1: He kept it in his pants until they got married. Imagine, like, that is an ultimate catfish situation. A dickfish. Yeah. She got dickfished. Yeah. Anyway, I guess, you know, in the eyes of the Lord. She got
0: the cockfished. She got cockfished. She got cockfished. So, um. (gasps) That's a that that should be a segment. Yeah, I did not like somewhere.
1: It should here. Yeah, segment here. Cockfish.
0: We're going to call it cockfish.
1: Yeah. So I didn't like being used as an experiment to see um, how women would respond to your dick size, but you know what? I hope you're happy, sir. <laughs> and I hope she doesn't leave you because it's going to be really hard to find someone else.
0: We're going to move on to the last segment Ooh. of o Oscar and that is
1: Okay. She ready.
0: The GayDHD Wheel of Q&A. Love. So you are going to take a few spins on this. Great. And uh, answer some questions. So take a spin. Love this for me. What does it say?
1: Guilty song pleasure. Oh,
0: so what? Do you have a guilty song? So oh, li-
1: baby, baby. How was I supposed to know that something wasn't right here? No, I don't. Mm. So mm. my guilty pleasure song is...
0: <laughs> I think one of my guilty song pleasures is Sorry by Justin Bieber. Hilarious. I love that song. I love Sorry, you. not sorry. Am not I right? Sorry. Oh, my God. Also, like Shania Twain.
1: I mean, that don't impress me much is gold standard for music, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> if you don't love Shania you don't love me
0: right listen to Shania Twain alright spin it one more time I'm gonna spin it a few times oh do you have an oddest pet peeve Leah something um, that drives you up the wall that most people would be like what
1: so I don't like close talkers and then when you can't read the room and I take a step back because you're too close you take a step toward me <laughs> I mean I, I'll make it awkward at a certain point that's number one. but, but number two my, my biggest pet peeve is when you're wearing a hat And someone either takes it off or pushes down the lid. Like, what are you, 14? I have hat hair. Don't fucking touch my hat. I'm wearing it for a goddamn reason, number one. Number two, are you flirting with me in the third grade? You're stealing my hat or you're taking it off or you're pushing the lid down to be, like, funny? I don't, what are you, like, 14? I can't. I hate that. I hate that.
0: I hate that when people do that. They'll be like, hey, what's up, buddy? And I'm like,
1: don't. Fucking touch my... Don't touch
0: that. All right, spin it one more time. If you could trade places with any person, celebrity, politician, who would it be?
1: (gasps) Trading places. The furniture company. If I could trade places, you guys don't have that in New York, is the look that I just got from Oscar. So anyway, if I could trade places with anyone, it would probably be lady gaga because we already look alike and i'd like to just have the career already and i've always wanted to be a singer i wanted to be like a jewish britney spears and i feel like that's what lady gaga is she's just not jewish somehow and i I also love her she's italian yeah but it's like jews and italians are the same is it we
0: we fight we complain we fuck we have big noses the whole thing I feel like Jewish people would be closer to Middle Easterners than they would be. We're like if
1: Middle Easterns and Italians had a
0: baby. Mm, That's interesting.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's who i choose.
0: Lady Gaga. So
1: I'm Lady Ha Ha.
0: That could be the name of your autobiography. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Lady Ha Ha. That's actually genius. Wow. Um... Thank you so much for doing the O Oscar podcast. I'm Thank so glad you. we got to connect. I'm so glad I got to see you. Of course, we're going to, I'm probably going to see more of you. Leah, where can people find you?
1: At Leah Lamar on Instagram. That's L E H L A M A R R. And on Twitter and my website's leahlamar.com And then my TikTok is Leah Lamar with five R's. Don't ask why. And you can find my show dates on my website, but I don't update it that often because I need an assistant. As Oscar said earlier, my assistant needs to get fired. And, yeah, Instagram, TikTok.
0: I love you so much. It's so you. good to see you. Ladies and gentlemen and everybody in between, please And the go- juice And the juice <laughs> and the Chosen Ones. Please go follow Leah on all her socials. Watch her rise to fame very quickly. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry again about last week. I was just really down and I was not feeling well. And so I will see you all next week. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.